You're now tuning into the Who and How Club with your host, Eris Dejan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Who and How Club, episode 44. I am your host and the creator of this platform, Eris Dejan. If I'm a little bit rusty today, please don't blame me. It's been a minute since I've uh, done one of these, and that's just because I've been in a bit of a zone as of lately, and I've been lingering to get this episode out because I know that this episode is going to require me to be a bit vulnerable with all of you, and uh, I had to work myself up to that, so bear with me. It's been a few episodes, uh, but it is episode 44. The last time an episode came out was a few weeks back. Um, And we're going to touch base on that and what those episodes were about. So before we get into the crux of today's episodes, I just want to make a few announcements, uh, a few key announcements and important details. All right. Uh, Right now, I'm doing a free giveaway, free Manscaped giveaway at that. Uh, We're going to be giving away a uh, free weed whacker. If you look on Manscaped's website, you'll see what the weed whacker is all about. I'm going to be posting it. I've actually already posted it on my uh, IG, uh, but I'll be posting it and announcing it uh, this week as well. So we're going to be giving away a free weed whacker, which is sort of like a nose hair trimmer. You could probably use it for your your ear hairs as well, uh, gentlemen and ladies um ladies if you have a boyfriend or husband or father or um you know cousin male friend whoever brother sibling whatever uh that you feel would benefit from this uh giveaway please have them listen to this episode uh because you're gonna have to listen to this episode in order to qualify to possibly win uh this free giveaway of the weed whacker all right uh i use the weed whacker myself Uh, but they sent me an extra one to do a giveaway for. So I want to give that away, but I want to make this giveaway a bit more meaningful. So you're going to have to listen to this episode. um, And if if you hear anything that resonates with you today, I want you to email me at whohowclub at gmail.com or send me a direct message on the the whohowclub Instagram page, Twitter, or on my personal at only one heiress on Instagram or Twitter, or even on Facebook for both of those. And uh, what you're going to do is you're going to share with me, uh, you know, a traumatic experience that you faced in your life and let me know what that experience was like. And if you have overcome that trauma or that traumatic experience. Now, you can remain anonymous. I'm not going to share your story, but I would like to touch base with you Um to maybe start a conversation or a dialogue and create a a circle of healing, let's say, or a circle of of communication, Uh, because I'm certain that we could all learn from one another. And uh, in order to learn from each other, we got to share our stories. Now, on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing a traumatic experience that I went through, um, which will pretty much be the basis of today's episode and the theme. Um, So if you want that weed whacker or if you just want to connect uh, on a deep level and you're not afraid to share your experiences, which is pretty much what this show represents, please email me once again, whohowclub at gmail.com after listening to this episode or send me a DM at whohowclub on all social media platforms or at only one heiress um, on all social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would benefit from today's episode or the Weed Whacker, 
have them listen in and touch base with me as well. I'm open to it all, all right? I just want to preface the t- uh, today's episode with this information. I want to shout out uh, Rick Jordan as well from the All In podcast. He had me on as a guest uh, last month in February, and that episode just got released. So I'm going to be releasing that episode on my platform as well in the weeks to come. But look up All In with Rick Jordan, and you'll hear my episode uh, since I was a guest on his show. and We spoke about a lot of deep things, uh, which kind of mirror what today's episode of the Who and How Club is going to be about. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that you could learn a lot from that episode uh, or, you know, some things may resonate with you and you can mirror your own life experiences based on the things Rick and I spoke about on his show. I listened back to the episode. I learned a lot as well, just listening back. Um, so it, it helped. It helped to, to listen to the things that him and I were speaking about. So once again, go and listen to All In with Rick Jordan on all podcast platforms or I think they have a website as well. Um, you can look that up and look for my episode, which just got released, uh, last week, actually before March, uh, hit. Um, but like I said, I'll be releasing that episode on the who and how club platform, probably by the end of March. Um, so keep a lookout for that. Speaking of March, it is international women's month. I know that there's a specific day, but I think it's the entire month as well. I'd have to look this up, but either way to celebrate this month, uh, we're going to be having a few, uh, important women on the show uh, that means something to me in different ways. Um, so we're going to be lis- hearing from them uh, and what and finding out what being a woman means to them uh, and what they've brought to the table of life and what makes them them. Um, so I'll be announcing those guests in the next little bit. So keep a lookout for that. That'll be towards the end of this month, uh, but before the month ends, just to celebrate um, uh, the, uh, the awareness of International Women's Day. Uh, the show has been contacted by a new possible sponsor, and uh, that's a really a good look for the show. So I've been going back and forth over email with them. I don't want to announce it yet, uh, you know, just so I don't jinx it, but I don't really believe in jinx anyway. Either way, I just wanted to let you guys know that the show is moving up. We're only 44 episodes in, and thanks to all of you and the continuous support um, the show is just reaching new heights, and uh, it wouldn't be where it's at without its supporters. So aside from my ideas that came to life and the the consistency and the continuation and the themes that we speak about on the show, you know, it wouldn't be anywhere without its supporters, its listeners, its followers, etc. So once again, welcome to the club, ladies and gentlemen. We are the who's and how's of this world. Like I say, I am the who and how, you are the who and how, and uh, this show isn't just for me. It's for you as well. Without you, without me, there is no we, right? Um, so yeah, keep a lookout for some other major announcements. Um, I want to shout out OG Carlos because he introduced, uh, he sort of like, you know, put this bug in my ear about um, this new segment. If you've been listening to the last, uh, not not a segment, but these new the, the new series that's sort of attached to the Who and How Club. Now, if you listen to episode 43 and 42, you'll know that a new series of the show has been introduced called Spotlights. And this was an idea that kind of came from OG Carlos and him and I went back and forth on these ideas and the name of it and stuff like that. Um, what spotlights represents is sort of like a compressed version of my interviews with key individuals that sort of fit under one umbrella theme. 
Um, last month, of course, was Black History Month. Um, so I interviewed uh, two individuals from the community of Toronto, from certain communities of the city, from my city, the city of Toronto, um, <laughs> who kind of uh, represented uh you know the the black culture and gave back to their community in some way shape or form um so part one parts one and two are out uh because i've been sort of down and out part three we didn't get to finish the month off strong with our finale which was with part which was for um with part three sorry again i'm rusty guys bear with me can't speak today um but yeah part three was supposed to be the finale of february and because I went through a little a little something something, which I'm going to share with you guys in a little bit, um, that episode had to be put on the back burner. But that finale is going to be dropped next. Um, and I'm really excited for that one. Now, the goal with these spotlights wasn't just to shed light on these individuals, but to also just create a new section of the show, an extension of the show. You know what I mean? And test my skills as a podcaster and as an interviewer. Um, and the first two episodes were really great because the goals were to do it. When I spoke to OG Carlos, <laughs> who's part of the council, like we were going back and forth about, you know, the show being, you know, maybe two minutes or three minutes long. But it's so hard to to compile that much information and compress it into that, you know, that little bit of time. Um, I don't know if there are any other podcasts out there that do that um, and fit things into such a a short period of time but it was a an ambitious goal that him and i had but still um in comparison to my other interviews that have gone for like over an hour i managed to make these episodes uh into 30 minute like 30 minute uh you know time frames or whatever so uh i think that was a goal accomplished in itself 30 minutes under 30 minutes i think the first one was about 29 minutes the second one was about 30 or 31 minutes um so i don't want to shed too much light i really want you guys and girls to go back and listen to those episodes because there are so many gems and so much knowledge shared in those episodes and me shouting out the people who were on the show won't do it justice just go and listen to spotlights part one and two and uh part three the finale will be coming out uh this upcoming week um and the spotlight series will continue uh leading into international women's month and other themed months uh that are coming up throughout 2021 um and it also tested my skills as a podcaster i really did some different things and narrating the episodes and stuff like that so i'm excited for you to listen to the finale uh because if you want to talk about gems and knowledge dropping uh the finale is the epitome of that so keep a lookout for that. Once again, thank you for the support. Shout out to OG Carlos and the whole council. Uh, you guys hold me down. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Um, now, even though I shout out the council, I might shout out my family members. I might shout out some of my friends, uh, you know, some of the girls that I date, the women that mean a lot to me in my life. Um, I'll shout them out a lot and it could, the, the lines might be, uh, skewed or the understanding of my relationships with these people might be skewed because you might think listening in that, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm probably with these people on a constant basis. We speak, uh, on a constant basis every day. You know, they know everything about my life. I know everything about theirs. And the fact of the matter is it's, it, that's not a hundred percent true. 
that doesn't take away from the connection that I have with these individuals. But as I've gotten older, I realized, and I'm sure a lot of you have as well, that, you know, life gets kind of busy and you don't have as much free time as you wish you had. And I'm talking about that type of free time where you could just chill, chill with your people, update them and just connect. And nowadays, as an adult or just that in the in the space that we're in in life, it's it's hard to do that. Um, you walk around with everybody in your pocket anyway, and especially posting on social media kind of invites you into people's worlds, even though what you see on social media isn't 100 isn't 100 percent real or what what people's lives really are. I guess there is a lack of necessity of of checking up on people when, you know, you already see what they're up to on social media. Um with that said, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, a lot of those people that I'm connected with and connected to, they don't know what I go through on a day-to-day basis in its entirety. You know, my life is, it's, it's been a roller coaster. Um, some things that I've gone through, I think that I might have caused it on myself. You know, I, I could be, at one, at one point, I think I fed into a lot of the dramas that were going on into my, in my life. Um, and I might have caused some of that drama. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's the God of war in me. Um, aside from that, you know, some things have happened in my life that are just uncontrollable. You know, some things in my life I look at as, you know, it's a part of my story and there are no regrets. You know, some of those things were meant to happen in my life. How can I regret if it's already happened? Um, but that doesn't mean that feeling of regret doesn't come up because you always think like, oh, man, I should have done things better. I could have done things better in hindsight. But you never know what your actions would have led you to in that moment when you're in it. Sometimes you're in a situation that you freeze. You might uh, not know how to react. Uh, you might overreact. You might, you might injure yourself you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, all of that jazz. Um, but to live in regret is sort of like a, you know, it'll take you down. It'll bring you down and make you feel depressed and make you question life, your own life. You know, I've been, I've been uh, in a space in my life where, you know, I, never, I felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. I think I'm really comfortable with talking to all of you today because that episode with Rick Jordan, you know, um, listening back to it and seeing how open I was with talking about certain things, certain things that I never spoke about before, um, has really opened my eyes and, and pushed me to be even more honest even now in my life, not only, not only to others, but to myself and for myself, you know what I mean? So the reason why I haven't let, let's 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 define what I'm talking about right now. I want to focus on the word trauma. All right, and let's look up the definition of trauma. Trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience uh, that happens uh, in your life. Um, now, the example that they give here in a sentence: a personal trauma like the death of a child. Now, there's no telling what kind of traumas you can experience if, you know, let's say one of your children passed away or the traumas that women might, might experience from stillborn experiences, right? Or 
those mothers who whose children have died uh, in the streets or right in front of them. Now, this is just an example, of course, but we can only imagine the type of trauma that's caused when experiencing something like that. Uh, trauma is also defined as an emotional shock following a stressful event or a physical injury, which may be associated uh, with physical shock and sometimes leads to long-term neurosis. The event, uh, this is another sentence, the event is relived with all the accompanying trauma. God damn. I went through some trauma recently, a little traumatic experience. Um, and I've done my best to not internalize this experience and to not let it affect me. Um, you know, but the past year, if you listen, if you've been listening to the show, there have been many, many triggers. Um, a lot of triggers that have ignited my anxiety, uh, anxieties that I never knew I had. Uh, I've had a couple panic attacks last year, you know what I mean? Or anxiety attacks, however you want to call it. I've had to go to the hospital because of it. I've had to meet with, you know, crisis intervention workers and really self-assess and take some time off and time to myself. I think throughout my entire life, I've, I've overworked myself in many areas, not just the nine to five work, but when it came to relationships, you know, emotionally. Uh, the expectations that I've had on myself and others, uh, the disappointment, et cetera, et cetera. At some point, you break. At some point, you need to take a break. But I'm realizing that things just keep, you know, happening. And, and I think the universe is testing me. Um, for those who listen to the show, you'll know that I'm in social services for, for work. That, that's the career that I've chosen. Uh, I work with the homeless population. Uh, I've been working with a few organizations in the past few years in the management uh, capacity. And uh, being in this field so, for so many years, I've never encountered, um, you know, I've never, there are so many stigmas around the people that we serve in this field, um, especially during these times, during the COVID times, you know, and people thinking that, you know, the homeless sector will be the most affected and infected um, during this pandemic and stuff like that. But in actuality, uh, we've been taking the proper, the, the most safest and proper precautions uh, during this, uh, this state of life that we're in at the moment. So, you know, there are other stigmas, you know, around, you know, people who, who are homeless, don't know any better, can't help themselves, shouldn't have animals uh, or pets. Um, are violent and uh, yeah, are just like a part of the 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 population that's just withering away. No one loves them. They don't love themselves. They're just drug users because they love it, love to use, etc., etc., etc. We could go down the list of stigmas uh, that are attached to this field. Um, because of these stigmas, and I've I've done so much to battle against these stigmas, just being a the type of person that I am, how I was raised, I never had a fear of being in this field. I treat everyone the same, um, but not the same as like an umbrella uh, same. Everyone's an individual, and I treat them individualistically. Um, 
but I look at them as people. I don't look at them as anything less, anyone lesser than myself, just because, you know, I have what I have or the experiences that I've been through or I'm able to go home at the end of my shift or because I'm making money. I, I look at them as, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more, bit more self-aware. I'm aware that without them, I probably wouldn't have a job. Um, so my goal is to serve them. You know what I mean? They're sort of like the boss. You know that saying, like, the customer is never wrong. They are the customer. They are the people that I'm there to serve. And I like working with people. I'm a people person. How could I be a people person if I looked at these individuals that are in these certain situations, these very unique situations in their lives, lesser than who I, lesser than me or any different uh, from me? I have to see myself in you in order for me to... uh, want to support you and you know be there for you and learn from you so that you can learn from me as well it's a two-way street so i've never had a fear i've never been any in any violent situations i've never had a, a major quarrel with any of the clients that i've i've worked with uh if anything i've had issues with the staff that i've managed more than the people that i've served because uh you know, I show them respect and they respect me and I treat everyone with respect. And yeah, you know, but recently uh, I almost got into a violent situation with a client. Now, this is this experience was so foreign to me because it, it was the first time I this ever, you know, I've ever been involved like so close to a situation where I might have had to defend myself from a client a person that i'm there to serve um i've been a bit upset um because of the situation not because it happened um but because of the situation i might have had to to be in you know what i mean i never thought ever in my life that i'd be in a situation where i might have had to defend myself from a client and what sucks is that I don't even think I was the target of this client. Um, I I might have had to defend a colleague of mine from this client, from said client. I don't even think the client knew that I was present in the room that this client was trying to, um, you know, barge into um, and violently make his way into. You know, I have a, a an office at the organization that I work at. It's the management office, and there are only two managers that work in this office and at the site. Uh, there's my manager, who's the senior manager, and then there's myself, uh, sort of like the manager of operations and the program manager. I'm like her number two, uh, in a sense, but it is just her and I that manage the space. So, you know, we had a client, and uh, what was crazy is that this client, I'm familiar, I was familiar with him uh, from a previous organization. Um, and his behavior at the previous organization was never really uh, anything to be um, on alert about. You know what I mean? He was just uh, one of those people who just kept to himself and stayed quiet and sort of moved in the shadows and stuff like that. If ever anything did happen, I wasn't aware of it. I, I don't remember any issue with this individual, but it was a while back. It was a while since I had seen him uh, first and met him first uh, at the previous organization uh, from the one that I'm at now. So 
when I saw this individual show up to this current organization that I'm at, he only lasted about a week because, you know, of this incident that occurred. Now, this incident occurred a couple weeks ago, and um, since it occurred, you know, the first few nights uh, after it occurred, uh, I couldn't sleep. Um, I was having sort of nightmares. You know, I dream pretty vividly. So I was having nightmares of the incident replaying, but just in different scenarios. You know what I mean? With different individuals, different players. Uh, But it was on my mind and it really affected my mental. Because all I kept thinking about was what if I had to, uh, you know, defend myself from somebody who isn't mentally stable, who isn't all the way there in his brain and who might not have meant to to hurt me or hurt my manager but if someone's attacking you um you know you have to defend yourself <sighs> it was a crazy situation and i could go in in depth with it you know in in the full blown details but i've been talking about it so much in the past few weeks but I really couldn't wait to get on this show to talk about it and to share it because this is sort of like my therapy, as I've mentioned before uh, on the show. Uh, Maybe I can make a long story short. You know, um, this client, for the the few days leading up to the incident that occurred, um, he was having some issues, um, you know, sort of lashing out and sort of lingering and stuff like that. You could tell that he, he just wasn't all there. Um, on the day of the incident, he had injured my manager about a few hours prior to where my trauma kind of kicks in. Um, and we had taken the necessary precautions. You know, I wasn't present when he injured my manager. Um, but I did feel like I, I had a a bit of a rapport with him because I had to deescalate him days prior to, and I, I knew him from a previous place. Right. So, once I found out that he had injured my manager, I asked, you know, if I could go approach him and maybe touch base with him to see what's going on with him. And I was advised no. And I wanted to be as supportive as possible. And there's no telling what these individuals may or may not do in a moment of of aggression. If they, you know, you'll see an individual, you don't know what's going on through their mind within this field, right? We're dealing with a lot of people who have in in instabilities and incapabilities uh when it comes to expressing themselves and you know how how they how they interact with people some things trigger them you know positions of power might trigger them um the way you could say the the slightest thing in a in a in the worst kind of tone that might set them off right they're coming from traumatic backgrounds themselves not all but majority. So, you know, once this incident occurred, police were called, and this individual was escorted off the property, but not by police, uh, by our other clients that are on site who really support the management team and the staff team that are that work at this place, you know, and I'm truly grateful for that. I look at the clients that I work with as like my angels, my guardian angels. Um, they're there to really support us as well. But what bothers me is that it's not their job. I, I can't depend on clients to support us in, in moments of aggression. That's what, they're, that's what we're there for, right? That's why 
we're given the training that we're given um, to de-escalate and just to follow the pro- proper procedures uh, in the in dire needs in dire uh, situations. So once the police finally arrived, um, we gave them a bunch of details. We allow we let them know where this individual was escorted and all that jazz and. Uh, their response to us is that they couldn't do anything. You know, he's not there anymore. He's left the property. Um, There's nothing they could do. We weren't really satisfied with their response, but we accepted it. And we thought that this individual was long gone and wouldn't be coming back to the site. So we were good. This had happened around maybe 4.30, 4.30 p.m. in the day. If you fast forward now from then to about 9, 9.30 um because i tend to work late at the site right um and i don't live too far away but uh i love staying at work i love i love getting things done i love working with my manager and things have been pretty cool uh as of late so i'm like you know what let's just have fun you know we went through a situation a few hours ago um but let's let's we can relax everything has been taken care of and my manager was really taking it well she's also an individual that looks at the clientele that we serve as as people you know she has respect for them and relationships with them that stem from you know i've learned from her uh and because of her positive relationships with some of the clients that i wasn't too familiar with from previous organizations that i worked with um it's allowed me to have positive relationships relationships with those individuals because if she gets along with them and she approves um, the client sees that and uh, they they like me just just out of, you know, association or whatever like that. So regardless, uh, my manager is about to leave the site and uh, we get a call on the walkie talkie um, that the individual that injured her earlier has now made his way back into our building. Now, don't ask me how. <laughs> Because that was the first thought in my mind on how, right? How did this individual get back into our shelter? No, we don't have security, if that's a question that you're asking. Um, And I'm just trying to paint the picture for you. We don't have security on site. So a lot of the issues that might occur, we're the ones that are left to handle that, uh, handle those issues. Yes, we're trained, but we're not we're not security guards. We're not authorities. Uh, you know, we're not the police. We're not there to police people or manhandle people in violent situations. I never thought that we would have to defend ourselves in this moment. But as soon as um, we get the word on the walkies that the individual is back in the, in, in the site, uh, we hear a loud bang. And it's the bang of our office window. Um, that allows us to sort of see like you know when there's a door and there's a window like a square window or whatever glass window uh, this individual came and and smashed the window and he was pushing the door in and attempting to come in and you know uh, immediately my manager panicked and in a moment i froze um but i stood in front of my manager because i wasn't sure what we were about to have to deal with with this individual um, now, my manager, her panic level, if I were to rate it out of 10, initially it was at like a 4 or 5. But once he, he did the initial smash of the window, smashing of the window, he walked away and he 
grabbed a chair and came back and smashed the window uh, again. And this noise was even louder. So my manager's reaction went from like a level four or five to like a level eight, nine, ten. Because now she's afraid. And now I'm realizing that I have to be afraid as well. And if this individual comes in, I might have to kill him <laughs> or do something. I don't even think this guy knows that I'm in there because clearly his target was my manager uh, from hours before to that moment. Now, we had blinds over our window, so he still couldn't see, but he does know that she sits in there. But this is not to take away from anybody in this moment. At the end of the day, if he made it into our, our office, there's no telling what could have happened. He could have came in and just stood there. He could have attacked my manager. He could have attacked me. He could have came in and just sat on the ground and spoke to us. He could have, his mission could have just been to smash the window and to leave. Um, we don't know. Uh you know, after sort of like uh, the 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 uh, the smashes were calming down, I um I immediately went on the phone and to call nine one one. In fact, we have a couch, sort of like those therapist couches in our office. And my manager, I had asked her to get down and to stay down while he was smashing the the door and the and the window and all of that. And I was standing in front of the door bracing myself in case he came in but i had asked her to get down um so she had gotten down near this couch and then she thought to push the couch in front of the door uh to sort of blockade uh us in there and and to pr to provide sort of like a blockade so that he we could slow him down if he ever did come in i had noticed that I, that i had weapons <laughs> under my desk because uh any clients that come in we give them the opportunity to uh, fess up any possible weapons that they have on their person and we confiscate them temporarily um, and we label it and we put their names on it and if they uh, ever leave the site and want their weapons back we do provide them with it uh, but it just so happens that we recently started keeping these weapons in my under my desk so I had access to to things that might have helped us defend ourselves um, I did pull out a weapon and placed it on my desk, uh, which was in, which is which was near a near reach for me to grab if in case he did come in again. Uh, I won't specify the weapon, but it was there for me to use just in case. But all that's going on through my mind in this moment is I don't want to have to use that weapon. I don't want to have to defend my manager, and I don't want to have to defend myself or or attack a client. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what we're in this for. You know what I mean? So a lot of things are going through your mind. You're calling 911 and their lines are busy. So my manager calls and she gets on the phone with the dispatcher. And the dispatcher doesn't seem to be that helpful either. And I'm yelling at staff, asking them how the F did he get in here? And finding out what's really going on because I'm at this window yelling and yelling through the blinds and... Just finding out, making sure everyone's okay. You know what I mean? Because in this moment, the windows are smashing and we're hearing many noises, like such chaos happening on the other side of the door. But her and I were like mice in a box and we were cornered and we were being cornered um, in our little box, boxed office. 
Now, one of the issues about our office is that it only has one exit. And the only exit we had that evening, that night, it was through him because he's coming in. So we don't know what's going on. We can't get out. It's, it's, you know, the saying fight or flight. It's fight or fight in this moment. And we hear, you know, our shelter is, um, some of our clients have pets at the shelter. And uh, we heard a dog squealing. And we heard a lot of rustling around and stuff like that, voices. And we thought this gentleman was really hurting people on the outside, might have been hurting the dog. Thankfully, none of that was true. Um, he was just escorted off the property once again to by one of our staff. And, you know, the clients jumped in as well. Again, these are our clients who who shouldn't be hands-on with anybody. It's not their job, right? So... You know, the dispatcher wasn't that helpful and our anxieties were, our senses were heightened. Finally, police came back on site and they found the individual outside, but it was thanks to our clients. Our clients tracked him down and went outside and tracked him down and brought him to police and they, they arrested him and took him away. And then the officers had to take statements from my manager and I and you know, one out of the many officers that were on site were, were really, really helpful and supportive. But the other officers, you know, are, I'm not against the police whatsoever. I know that if there's an incident, they're the ones that we have to call. I've never been one of those individuals to say F the police or anything like that. But, you know, I've, I've just been having some weird experiences with pol- police as of late. Um, and there's like a lack of emotion in these situations. They're very desensitized. They're very insensitive to people's experiences and feelings and what they've gone through and, you know, how they speak to you in these moments. I just, I I don't understand it. And thankfully I'm a strong enough person to not take that to heart, but I can only imagine when, when, when another individual like my manager who was so flustered and, and shaken by this had to deal, you know, I had to take an officer aside who I think was the boss of the other officers and I just let him know like, hey, you know what, I like the way you're dealing with us. My manager likes the way you're dealing with her. We would love if you took our statements instead of the other officers because he was about to leave (laughs) and uh, I didn't want him to leave because I needed him to bear witness to what, how we might be treated, you know, and it sucks that in a moment of, Whatever, you got to also deal with that. So we're fighting different battles in this moment. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, again, my just talking about it, my anxiety is kicking in right now because I just remember the feelings that I had that night, the feeling of fight or fight, the feeling of not being treated right by the police that were taking our statements. Um, the the initial police officers that came earlier when my manager had gotten injured and them their response you know them not doing anything and not even thinking to stay on site to to watch over to see if he returns nothing like that you know it it was just such a lack of support and uh i've been off of work ever since you know because i've needed this time to really reflect and i've had some resentment towards the staff members that allowed him to get into the site again. I've had some resentment towards the organization uh, because now that's become a battle that I've had to endure because uh, I want security at our site. There comes a time where, like, 
you stop thinking about yourself and start looking at the bigger picture. And sometimes in these moments, you're the only one seeing the bigger picture. Like now it's not even about my safety. It's about the safety of our clients and our staff members. None of us should be going through these things where we have to defend ourselves. So we need security members, security guards on site. It's the only way where people or how people will feel um, some sort of safe safety or safe, you know, like if another, you know, I heard that after being off the day after, two days after a couple of my staff members had gotten assaulted again in my absence. So it's fighting the organization on, on these types of concepts. And what does safety look like to, to individuals? What do we wait? Do we wait until someone gets shot? And then we're like, okay, yeah, okay, maybe we should have done this. Or do we put things in place? Um, you know, in this field, we're supposed to work from a, a violence prevention standpoint. So, you know, my emotions have been a bit flustered. I've been feeling disappointed. I've been feeling closed off. I've been feeling, uh, you know, unsafe a little bit. You know, even the first couple nights, you know, coming home, walking my dog and having to look behind me when I never really do. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a, a scared person. You know, I walk with God. I walk with my energies and my power. And some people say, most people say that I'm pretty fearless in the way that I move and how I act and my thought process. But this moment really shook me up because you're on defense mode all the time now. You feel like you have to, when you realize that you might have to defend yourself from something you never thought you had to defend yourself from, it does something to you. And anything can trigger it. So even a few days after, you know, some loud noises would trigger me and I couldn't sleep. And, you know, I might be taking some psychotherapy sessions. Um, I called my doctor to get some advice, you know, and ever since last year, if you listen to the Thanksgiving episode, you know, and that anxiety attack that I face, you know, I've been meaning to talk to, to therapists and take some therapy, you know, to help me with my anxiety that's sort of that I'm trying to manage, I'm trying to therapeutically, therapeutically manage my, if that's a word, manage my anxiety myself, but there are those little elements that might need to be dealt with from, uh, or by talking to somebody else, you know, and getting these things out, when I went through my thing on Thanksgiving Day, I did get a, that, that person that I spoke to at the hospital, that crisis intervention worker, um, really helped me a lot, but the thing is, I, I was able to speak with that individual in person. And a lot of these therapists, they're doing sessions over Zoom and stuff like that. And for me, it's not the, it's not the same. It w- I wouldn't feel the same effect. You know what I mean? So the organization set us up with somebody to talk to as well. And it just didn't have the same effect. Um, but I will be utilizing the psychotherapy sessions that the organization will be setting me up for. Um so that I can sort of get some clarity through this. And uh, I'll be working from home uh, for a little while until I feel like the the most safety precautions are set in place before I return because I don't want to go back to work empty-handed. I don't want to go back into that office again. Something needs to change, and that's what I've presented to my organization that I work for. Ironically, just a few weeks prior to that, I was certified in joint health and safety uh and safety 
um, where I learned a lot about, you know, workplace safety and workplace hazards and uh, the precautions and the, the things that need to be taken in order for the place to be safe and how reporting to the Ministry of Labor works and stuff like that. And that's something I don't ever want to do to my place of employment. But you also have to protect yourself by any means necessary, not only yourself, but the people, you know, that you work closely with. I want my manager to work, to, to feel safe when she returns to work. It's so weird that her and I have been each other's major supports, but at some point, we kind of have to take care of ourselves. And she's going to have to return to work, and so will I at some point. What's that going to look like? What's that going to feel like? Will her and I be triggered the moment we pull into that driveway, walk in, us having to repeat ourselves again and talk about the story on what happened because everyone's going to be like, how was your time off? What really happened? That might trigger us. That's all trauma. That's all trauma that has set in. Traumas that we might not be ready to deal with. And I look back at my life and think about a lot of traumas that I've gone through and haven't been really able to talk to on an open platform. It's only as of recent that I've been able to. I'm only on episode 44. 44 episodes of gradually opening up to all of you. It's a, it's a work in progress. I thought I was 100% open, an open book, you know, but there are some things that I've kept in my closet uh, because uh, of a fear of sharing it or for, or for being judged or, you know, not really understanding what I've gone through. You know, I do think that I'm at a time in my life and a point in my life where I'm ready to deal with those traumas, to deal with um, the things that I've been through and to speak openly about it so that I could sort of close certain chapters. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes in life, it feels like those chapters are still open because you haven't dealt with them. But you got to. You're dealing with working on those things, but also not living in regret and not trying to fix mistakes. You have to accept your mistakes. You have to accept your experiences. Um, you have to accept your flaws. When you're dealing with your traumas, you're not trying to fix those things that I just mentioned. What you're trying to do is get comfortable with those things that have happened to you. Comfortable enough to speak out loud about it, to speak to somebody about it. Um, and to share this experience because nine times out of ten, there's probably somebody out there that has gone through a similar situation. And if you're the one that has made it out of that situation, that person's going to learn from you and learn how to get, it out, get out of that situation as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's our mission, I feel, to share these experiences that we go through on a grander scale. You can't just keep these to yourself. You can't just go to sleep and just hold it in. Talking about it helps. That's therapy in itself. And talk to your people, you know, like my people, the council, whoever, they, they say, you know, talk to me, you know, holla at me, my family. They're like, yo, I didn't tell my family until like a full week after. And it's only because that that was when I was comfortable enough to say it to them because I wasn't sure how they were going to react. I wasn't sure how my mother was going to react. And, you know, truth be told, she reacted the exact way I thought she was. She told me, get out of this place. If this organization isn't willing to create a safe space for you, get out of it. You know, leave it. Don't even, you know, don't fight. Don't, don't be a dueler. We don't fight for what's not ours. Get out. 
but I do feel like I've been placed here for a bigger purpose, you know, regardless of my errors that I've made in the past, regardless of my traumas that I've been through um, and haven't dealt with, I'm still able to make a difference today. And I think what I've gone through, sometimes you're like collateral damage. It sucks to say this out loud and to accept this, but sometimes something has to happen to you for the greater good so that something can change. You're that scapegoat. You're that you're that that thing that goes over the hill and gets shot. And then you're able to come back to let people know, hey, there's a lot of bullets over there. Let's prepare, you know, like let's. So I'm happy that I've gone through what I've gone through, even in this situation. There's so many other details about this situation that I want to touch base with all of you individually on. I don't want to give everything away on the show because I'll be here for another hour talking to you. And I don't want to bore you with the details, but it was a very, very traumatic situation. Um, and we've been having to call, you know, the precinct and stuff like that and the division to find out some updates on the individual and the, the, the individual is still being held, um, and detained. Uh, but in actuality, my manager and I just want that individual to get the help that they deserve, you know, but the system is set up in a very weird way. And uh, a lot of us don't get the help that we deserve or really require. And that's why you see individuals get to the points that they get to. You know, things build up. And some people can't handle it when it's time to explode. I don't want you to ever be an individual that keeps everything inside to the point where you explode like a volcano. And you erupt uh, because you haven't dealt with things. Um that you're supposed to so that you can function uh in life um with that being said uh i hope that what i've said today sort of makes some sort of sense uh to you um you know there are two types of volcanoes um I think one is the one that sort of erupts, like the explosive ones and the ones that sort of maintain. I forget the exact terms, but you want to be the type of volcano still with that lava and that heat inside of you, that inside of you, that fiery pizzazz and that energy inside of you. But you want to maintain, you want to keep steady and stay steady and stable. In this life that we live, you don't want to be you don't want to be the, the volcano that erupts every two seconds and things are triggering you and, you know, anything will set you off and you don't want to feel down on yourself or. Um, victimize yourself because of you not being able to deal with the things that you've been through in a healthy manner so we got to take care of ourselves ladies and gentlemen however that looks like you got to figure that out what i've been doing is really disconnecting i've been disconnecting you just went you almost went through a crazy violent situation it was an attempted um i guess attack you know like, like however you want to call it. there's a term aggression not aggression uh i forget the the uh the term um but he was charged for uh 
assault, aggravated assault. That's what I was looking for. Aggravated assault and uh, mischief. Um, but you don't want to go through a situation like that and not be able to to deal with your traumas because then you're going to live in fear. Um, I've been disconnecting. I've just been, you know, I haven't been on my phone as much. I haven't spoken to anybody who has sort of reached out to me. Thankfully, the organization sent me some flowers as a as a gesture. But, you know, for me, that's not enough. Uh, we're going to really have to make some change in this field. And if I have to be the one uh, to spearhead this and be the one to to lead the charge on this, then I'm going to do it. And that's going to make me feel better about this situation. But I've disconnected. I haven't responded to anybody, really. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to debrief with anybody that, you know, wasn't there, per se, or might have been the cause of the situation. Um, I've been trying to sleep, forcing myself to sleep. I've been going to the gym and working out. Um, I do have a trainer now, and the trainer has been really working me. But there was a session, like literally two, two days after this initial incident occurred, I broke down at the gym. I was crying because I was angry. I was angry at what had happened. Um, and all those things go through your mind, like the what ifs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I was angry about just dwelling on that. But anyway, um, trying to sleep, eating, cooking, eating healthy, um, just drinking a lot of water, going for jogs, working out, Talking to my mom and my family about stuff and surrounding myself with them once I was ready, that has helped me. So, you know, which leads me to doing this episode tonight. I couldn't have done this episode or revisited this stuff if I wasn't ready. And people will make you feel bad for disconnecting or preparing yourself to be ready again. But please don't allow them to do that to you because only you know when you're ready. But make sure that that time that you're taking to yourself is really focusing on working on yourself and getting over those things that you're going through. All right. That's my advice for you today. I hope what I've said makes some sort of sense. Um, If you have any additional questions, please email me whohowclub at gmail.com. Touch base with me online at whohowclub. That's W-H-O. H-O-W-C-L-U-B on all uh, social media platforms or my personal at only one Eris, O-N-L-Y, the number one, A-R-Y-S on all social media platforms. DM me, email me, um, tell me about a traumatic experience that you have encountered in your life and let me know if you've overcome it. And if so, how did you overcome it? What processes did you take in order to get right in your mind and in your heart and in your body and in your soul so that you could continue uh, with this thing called life and living and uh, being there for others. You know, if you can't be there for yourself, you won't be able to be there for others. And that's why taking time to myself and yourself is so important because you need to heal. You need to heal. So I'd love to know how you've healed or if you need some advice on how to heal. I'd like to be there for you. Um, share your story with me. Like I said, you can remain anonymous. I won't be sharing anything um, with anybody. This is just between you and I. Uh, if you are the winner of the Manscaped Weed Whacker, though, I will announce you um, on the social media platforms and through our email, um, our mailing list or whatever. But that's about it. I really just want to start a dialogue of healing and 
traumas that we faced and different avenues we could take to heal from said traumas, all right? Uh, without you, without me, there is no we. I'm here for you because I know that you're here for me. You are the who and how. I am the who and how. And we are the who's and how's of this world. Uh, this has been episode 44. And I've spewed my guts more than enough, I feel. Um, but I'll be spewing more because I'm ready to be even more open with all of you uh, on this platform that I created that pretty much represents that. Um, so it's your boy, Aristejan. This has been the Who and How Club um look out for the finale to our black history spotlights coming up within this week um that'll be part three and then we're gonna uh move into some other episodes and then bring back some spotlights for uh international um women's month all right i i know i have some other announcements i just can't remember but i'm gonna do a read for manscaped and get the hell out of here all right I love you all, girls and guys, boys and girls. Um, yeah, just love yourselves, man, and take the time that you need to heal. All right? Talk to you soon. Bye. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm still in that happy new year uh vibe it's still the beginning of 2021 we're only in march um and i just love that new year new me type of vibe you know what i mean and it's still we're still preparing we're still in that zone we still feel refreshed things are changing it's not 2020 we got over that monster um so me and manscaped would like to still wish you all a happy new year's um and that's a happy new year's from our sponsor manscaped of course uh manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and is here to help you have clean balls in the new year uh for the new year and for the rest of the year ring in the new year with the right tools for the job join the two million men who trust manscaped for their below the waist grooming um, yeah, I've been using their products for a couple months now, and I am I actually do the Sunday grooming um, routine that I have. My hair grows back pretty fast all over my body. Um, not all over. I mean, like, uh, I got a little bit of, like, the belly, belly button hair stuff, which I really despise. Um, obviously, the underarm hair. Um, I do the nose hair thing with the weed whacker. Um, but, yeah. I'll do my little manscape routine on Sundays. Um, so, I don't know. In my opinion, hairy nuts are still gross. Uh, so, I've stepped into the new year with the tree standing taller. Um, and I've been shaving my boys ever since uh, I've connected with Manscaped. So, I really do appreciate them as a sponsor. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a new year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. Especially if you're still on that new year resolution grind. The Perfect Package 3.0 is the below-the-waist grooming package you need to start off strong this year uh, with. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. I haven't had a nick since. Now, before this trim, before I started using the uh, Lawnmower, I used to get nicked all the time. I don't think I knew how to shave my balls, but... I just don't think I had the right tools for my jewels. You know what I'm saying? So now that I have the state of the art,
products, uh, I'm just smooth as a baby's bottom. Um, and I love it. So the third generation trimmer, uh, and I'm referring to the Lawnmower 3.0, even has a light to shine a light to the promised land 2021 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body and for on-the-go freshness? You'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Uh, I haven't used these yet, but uh, I might start, especially once quarantine stops and I got more dates in line. I'm going to definitely test these ones out. Testies? Uh, Start the new year with a fresh set of testies thanks to Manscaped. Speaking of testies, uh, Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored. What the hell is this? Ah, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I just got the weirdest text in the world. It's a good one, though. Not a bad one, but it's still weird. Um, what the fuck? Anyway, Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your underwear game to the next level. Guess who's wearing Manscaped underwear right now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Your boy, Aristejan. And, uh, I think I could do, like, acrobatics in these friggin' things. I could fight crime in these things. Uh, these just fit perfectly. Um, so I don't know about you, but I'm trying to bring sexy back into 2021. I'm working out. I got my manscaped, uh, boxers. I'm groomed nicely and looking all smooth and everything like that. So, uh, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code who how 20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will definitely thank you. Cause I know mine have, uh, so get 20% off and free shipping with the code WHOHOWCLUB at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WHOHOWCLUB. Um, and yeah, you'll get that uh, discount. So new year, new balls, new me, whatever. Let's just be smooth, gentlemen and ladies. If you got a special guy in your life, in any area, whether it's your dad, whoever, you'll get hook your boys up with Manscaped, man. Uh, they'll appreciate you. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Remember, who how who how twenty? I apologize. I think I said that wrong earlier. Who how twenty uh, is the offer code and the promo code. All right. Yes, we got a good food read today as well. Good food is a Canadian online grocery store, home meal and meal kit company based in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, That's Montreal, Quebec for those uh, English speakers. Good food offers meal kits, breakfast meals, grocery items, snacks, and ready-to-eat products. Good Foods products are delivered across most of Canada, uh, so discover a new way to cook with Good Food. Original recipes and the freshest ingredients delivered to your door every week. They actually have next-day delivery uh, that they've sort of launched recently, so you got to keep a lookout for that. Uh, It was recently their birthday as well, and I shouted them out. I'm still a good food customer, of course. I'm an ambassador of the brand, and I definitely promote them, especially if you're in quarantine and you're not really into leaving the house that much and going to grocery stores. They're lining people up once again. You could have groceries just delivered to your home. 
literally delivered the next day. They got ready to make meals. They have fresh, uh, you know, um, produce um, and brand new recipes for you to try out. My favorite is their vegetarian chili. I think I mentioned that before. Um, but I got a bunch of stuff uh, recently in one of the boxes that I got. So if you use offer code ARIS45, you'll get 45% off your first two boxes. Um, so try Canada's number one meal kit and get farm fresh ingredients to cook delicious recipes delivered for free to your doorstep. Um, all you got to do is go to makegood.ca um, and uh, sign up. Once again, that's makegoodfood.ca. Sorry, I said makegood.ca. Makegoodfood.ca is the website. The offer code and promo code for 45% off is ARIS45, A-R-Y-S, 45. If you send me your email address, you can also receive free boxes. And I got about 20 boxes for the month of March to give out. So send me your email address. I already got a bunch of people signed up. It's beautiful. I got family members. I got friends. I got supporters of the show signed up. Send me your email addresses and I'll, uh, I'll hook you up with some free boxes, all right? Um, other than that, those are our reads for today. And I want to say thank you for listening to today's episode. And we'll touch base within a few days, all right? One. Mm-hmm.